And I had met a man by the name of uh, Dr. Neil Cadwell. And uh, Brother Cadwell had started an institute in Ukraine called Slavic Baptist Institute. And um, he, uh, he had this institute, we just celebrated 25 years of ministry. And I became president of the institute in 2013 while I was pastoring in Kansas City. And then my wife, Julie, and I moved to Ukraine in 2017, uh, both to be on the ground in Ukraine, overseeing the ministry and uh, promoting the ministry of Slavic Baptist Institute, but as well involved with a church plant in Kiev called Living Hope Baptist Church of Kiev. And uh, we went through that time of COVID with the church plant, which was interesting. There were a number of restarts of that church plant, but then uh, last year, we were able to, or in that, the year before, uh, from May of, uh, what that been, uh, 2021, we were able to see some things happening, and uh, with, we were able to meet consistently. We had an international student ministry. We had a, our, our normal Ukrainian ministry up until the time of the invasion, and then when the invasion took place February 24th of last year, of course, it was everything was in disarray. It looked early on like Kiev would be taken as the Russians had come down from Belarus and uh, had surrounded Ukraine from the northwest side and the northeast side uh, coming down from the Russian side there. Uh, many of all of our international students left and, uh, and even some of our Ukrainian families left. Uh, and we were left with a, a handful, mostly of older folks that, that remained behind. Uh, and they were hungry. They were desiring to hear God's word. And yet we were back. We had come back during that time because of the invasion and to also travel to raise aid uh, for our charitable fund that's registered in Ukraine called Living Hope for Ukraine uh, Charitable Fund. And uh, so while we were uh, back in the States traveling, we were doing either trying to do by Zoom or, or do video messages uh, for the church, which it's very hard to do, especially with some of the things that uh, people go through with the intensity of war. And it's quite, you know, when you hear sirens going off or when you hear bombs hitting in the distance, uh, in fact, where our apartment is in Kiev, right across the street, the windows are are blown out, you know, the, the grocery store across the street, it's uh, one of them, the, the doors are blown out. The glass doors were blown out just from the repercussions of explosions that took place. And I really had a burden to see something happening, but how could I be in two places at once? And so there was a young man that had worked with us uh, named Dima, his wife, Erica, their little girl, Abigail. They came to Kiev and he started running the services for me every Sunday morning with him preaching. He's about 35 years old. And uh, we just began to see the crowds growing every Sunday uh, until now, about every Sunday. We have between 60 and 80 lost people. The room is full that we have at the, at the hotel where we rent. Uh, and so we're actually looking for a larger place to rent uh, where, we can, where we can possibly see more. Uh, many of these are coming from an Orthodox background, uh, but they're searching for hope. And uh, the Orthodox Church has no hope to offer. Uh, Orthodox Church not trying to help people with their physical needs, but the most important need they're not helping them with is a spiritual need, and they don't have the ability to do that. They teach a works-based, you know, you merit God's favor by what you do, by keeping these traditions, and, 
and so forth. They have many icons and mediators uh, between them and God, what they would consider. And so when you come to an Orthodox church, whereas the Catholic church would have just Mary would be the chief mediator. In the Orthodox church, there are many mediators, including Mary, but many more. And they would bow to these, pray to these. Well, most of the people that we have coming are from this background, but they're continuing to come. They're continuing to hear the gospel. Some have responded to the gospel. And it's uh, whereas before the war, it was you could go give 150 invitations and maybe have one person come to visit uh, your church. Uh, right now, you just have multiple ones. One of our men on the east side, they gave out 49 invitations. And the reason they only gave out a limited number was their seating is limited within their church. They gave out 49 invitations. I think they had 71 people that came. So they have more people coming than what you give out invitations. Again, before the war, this was not possible. Um, we have a man who's a Ukrainian pastor who's part of our staff at Slavic Baptist Institute. And uh, his church is on the northeast side of Kiev. Every Sunday, they have around 300 lost people that are attending services. So it's, uh, it's really been fascinating to see people just hungering to know what you believe in, what is your hope in. Uh, and uh, one of our pastors on the east side, they had a refugee center of about 400. It was a secular refugee center, about 450 refugees. And they contacted our pastor and they said, uh, look, we don't care what you teach from the Bible but these people have no hope. They need hope. Can you give them hope from the Bible and uh, just an open door to come and preach and share the gospel? And we just see this repeated uh, over and over again. I get texts and updates from our guys there on the ground. Uh, just in fact, over the weekend where they've gone to different areas in Izum and Lyman uh, and they, they go in with aid. We help to provide the aid. They will take the aid into these areas and they'll say something like this, you know, today we have aid and we want to give you this aid and we give you this aid in the name of Christ. And he loves you and he's concerned about you. But there's a greater need that Christ has met for you. And there's a greater need that you have. It's an eternal need of having peace with God through his greatest work on Calvary. And then you go right into the gospel. And so they'll share the gospel. And then after they share the gospel, then they'll give out aid with New Testaments and and so forth. And we've just seen multiple opportunities. I've spoken to myself on the ground there, spoken to crowds uh, as large as 12 to 1500 at a time. And uh, we've seen Bible studies, church plants beginning through this time. I mean, it's for me, it's very unprecedented to see something like this. War is horrific. The stories I hear and uh, things I read, I mean, it is terrible. But God is using it for good and has humbled Ukrainian people and their it's like the war has stripped away the false facade of religion and they have found that the the religion they have it's it's sinking sand you know there's 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 nothing to grab a hold on to nothing to truly rest your faith upon and uh, it just presents the opportunity to share about the one and true foundation the one and true rock uh, Jesus Christ and uh, so it's been it's been awesome to see God working through such difficulties Amen. Thank you so much. Can you give us an update on the um, several have asked about the rice project, uh, the, uh, the, the containers of rice that would be available? 
Yeah, the, the company contacted me and uh, they are uh, still confirming that uh, that the rice is in good condition. I told them before I before we make a purchase, we want confirmation because, you know, shipping stuff by containers, if it's if it comes over in cans, if it's sealed. Uh, but like we, we recently had a, a shipment that came over from America, a container had some pasta and uh, and the pasta was in bags, but uh, there had been some bugs that got into the pasta and we weren't we weren't able to uh, to use it. So we're still waiting for confirmation on the rice, but should have it just any day. They are they are uh, that shipment is probably worth somewhere around, I'm guessing, but around sixty thousand dollars. Uh, maybe a little bit more, and they've offered to give it to us for about uh, ten thousand dollars. It's two uh, uh, forty-foot uh, containers of rice, so that would feed a lot of people, and uh, and can go a long way. in Ukraine Ukrainians eat rice, and and uh, it's part of their diet there. So it would be a real blessing to have that. Amen. Yes, it would be. It's a tool of uh of conduit for the gospel yeah um i'll just make one more comment and then we'd love to have you uh open god's word to us and challenge us from from the scriptures um my understanding is uh, i think several have watched your video that you sent the link for and in there you mentioned the need for a van and um, that van need has been taken care of is that correct Yes, we have a, uh, we've actually made the purchase in Sweden and, uh, we were able to get a much better van. The roads in Ukraine, and especially during time of war, are not the greatest. So if you can buy a van in a place like Sweden or Germany, usually the van, the used van is in much better condition and, uh, and still has some good life left in it. And we were able to get a Volkswagen van that will also be used to help, uh, transport people uh, in the event if, if there's a need to get them out of an area uh, they'll be used to help get people out of the area to safety but also right now uh, north of the Kia or the Kharkiv area there are villages where we've been and held uh, evangelistic meetings through the aid and we have people that are desiring to come to church and there's a church that some some of these areas may be about 30 minutes or so away and uh, and so the church is wanting to pick up people to bring them to church on Sundays. Um, and so it'll be used for that, but also will be used to carry aid and to distribute aid in these campaigns. So it'll be used for multiple purposes and reasons. And we're we should have it in Ukraine just within the next week or two. Yeah. Amen. That's a blessing. Well, our hearts are open and um, look forward to what you have to challenge us from God's word, sir. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me let me share something with you today from the book of Romans and the 15th chapter. If you have your Bibles there, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 15 and uh, and come down with me to verse number 30, Romans chapter 15 and verse number 30. And here we see where the Apostle Paul writes, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. Father, bless this time we have in your word, and God, give us a greater understanding of your word for your glory and praise, that the earth may be 
filled with your glory through the proclamation of the gospel to all peoples, to every creature, for your glory and praise in Christ's name. Amen. We find the Apostle Paul here in Romans 15, which happens to also just be a wonderful missions chapter in the Bible, but it's interesting that this chapter concludes with the emphasis on prayer and Paul pleading for the prayers of God's people. You notice now, I beseech you, he is he is begging for their prayers, and we find him doing this in Colossians, in Ephesians, we see it in Second Thessalonians, we see him commending the believers in Corinth and Second Corinthians. He tells them, you laboring together uh, with us by prayer. So Paul knows the need of prayer, and Paul here is pleading for the prayers of God's people. Notice the purpose of his plea, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. I'm pleading with you, uh, really, for the glory of Christ and for the love of the Spirit, the love that was shed abroad in our hearts, something that love should be compelling us for the glory of Christ to be known in the earth. And if the glory of Christ is going to be known in the earth, it's going to be through prayers and through God's people praying, giving power to the witness, giving power in the calling of laborers uh, to the harvest field. Really, true evangelism begins with prayer. And I like what uh, what Leonard Ravenhill said about prayer. He said, prayer is not preparation for the battle. It is the battle. And I believe in evangelism today and in world missions today, prayer is the battle. And I believe it's the missing link today. There's not a lot of world evangelism prayers being lifted up. And Paul understood the need of those. And I want you to notice the kind of prayers here that Paul is asking for. He says that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. That word strive together is a word which speaks of agonizing in prayer, uh, wrestling in prayer, uh, exerting oneself. You're investing yourself and it's an investment it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual when we pray. But these are the kinds of prayers that are going to be effective prayers. And, you know, so often it's so easy for us to pray prayers from our mind and know that we're doing the right thing and maybe we're doing it from a sense of, of duty. Uh, but if our prayers are not moving us, you know, can we expect our prayers to move God? We find Christ when he prays in the garden the sweat drops of blood, the intensity in which he prayed by. And these are the kinds of prayers that Paul is asking these churches and these believers in Rome to pray for him. Strive with me, uh, agonize with me before the throne of grace, wrestle with God with me as we come before him uh, together. And another interesting thought about that word, strive together, it's one word in the Greek, but it's a word that's used of, of athletic competitions, but most notably team competitions. And so it, it speaks of, of a partnership of prayer. It, it speaks of uh, teaming together um, uh, in, in prayer for the glory of Christ. We, you know, I played basketball and on the basketball court, you have five players at one time on a court. The five players are working together. And as a good coach, he gives a role to each player. You know, you have shooters, those who set picks, those who rebound, you know, the positions on the floor where you play. But all five players have to work in harmony together to be the greatest and the best that they can be. Well, the word here that Paul is using for prayer uh, is, is the thought, again, of contending along, sharing in the contest with me. So 
Paul's role was a call of God to go and to preach and to share the gospel and to take the gospel to these various areas and people groups. But the role of those that were called to stay in Rome was to partner with Paul, strive together with Paul in their prayers. Their role on the team was to pray and their role uh, very effective and needful if we're going to see the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, spread into all, all the world. And I just wanted to give some thoughts, uh, specific thoughts, as Julie and I are preparing to make our trip to Ukraine, uh, just some thoughts of how you can strive together with those that are in Ukraine right now for the glory of Christ. One of the ways that you could strive together with us in your prayers to God for us is just praying for God's provision. And uh, we have seen the Lord provide in many miraculous ways uh, for aid. I, I am not Franklin Graham, and this is not Samaritan's Purse, uh, but we've seen God providing in various ways. And we've seen aid that has come in from Korea, a secular uh, organization in Korea, and, and various other organizations that have given and, and sent aid. We've seen finances that have come from foundations, from churches. Many faithful churches have given um, some multiple times, and we praise God for their gifts. But our God is Jehovah Jireh, and uh, the war is now 13 months old. It's over a year, and uh, we just need God's continued provision. Would you pray with us uh, for this provision? Uh, also, pray for a provision of wisdom. Uh, our men, Sergey, our charitable fund director, needs wisdom and decision. He's, decisions he's faced with every day. He gets multiple calls a day. He told me one time five to six hours he gets of people requesting help and aid from outside our circles. Mostly, we give out aid through our network of churches through Slavic Baptist Institute, and that's who we're primarily dealing with. But we do get other legitimate churches and, and, and ask uh, uh, requests for aid. And, and we don't mind helping when we can help, but he just needs wisdom in that as he directs the ministry. Dima, our, our young man that's pastoring now in Kiev, he needs wisdom as he leads the church. He's never pastored a church before. He's really, that's what he's doing right now is pastoring. He's preaching and uh, he's uh, actually goes to a, uh, also on Mondays, he goes to a, um, a rehab center to preach, has a Bible study there for the group. He needs wisdom as he deals with people for the, for the glory of Christ. So provision is a way that you can pray. A second way you can pray is protection. Uh, as our men travel, they go into some very dangerous areas, taking the gospel. And really, in verse 31 of Romans 15, that's what Paul's asking is for protection, that I may be delivered from them which do not believe uh, in Judea. He's praying for God's protection. Well, we have men that are traveling and women uh, risking their lives to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about this a while back and about the young man that we're helping with the vehicle. He's a pastor and a graduate of our institute and going into this area of Bakhmut. And I thought, you know, Bakhmut has somewhere around 7,000 people uh, that are left in the city and some of the most intense fighting over the last six weeks has been there in that area of Bakhmut. It's on the south uh, east corner kind of, of of Ukraine near Russia. And, uh, uh, you know, if you were lost and you were there in Bakhmut, you were one of the 7,000 that are remaining. If, if you only knew the message from the Orthodox Church that 
You can never know for sure that you're saved. You have to make yourself good enough, make yourself worthy for God to receive you. And, and you were faced with death every day, bombs exploding, sirens going off. Would you want someone like Nikolai, Pastor Nikolai, to come and bring you the gospel of hope and grace? And uh, so we have men that are hazarding their lives to do such, and they can they can use your prayers for, for God's protection. Let me give you another thought, not only for provision and protection, but what about for power, for God's power? Uh, just not to preach the gospel for the open doors, open doors where we have so many right now, open doors, but for the power that's needed of God. Uh, Paul spoke about that in, in uh, Second Thessalonians when he said, pray for me that there might be, uh, that the word of the Lord might have free course. And then he adds, and be glorified. So not just for the gospel to be preached and open doors to preach, but for the gospel to be glorified in hearts for power. Paul says in, in Ephesians 6, when he's asking and pleading for their prayers, says, pray for me that I will speak as I ought to speak, that the gospel will be made manifest. And we all know that it's a work of God's grace as the gospel goes forth, that if God is not dealing and working in hearts, opening eyes that have been blinded uh, to the gospel and to the truth of the gospel, no man can be saved. And so we need the power and hand of God and uh, pray for these men as they preach that they'll have the power and hand of God, uh, that the gospel will be glorified uh, through them and pray for us, Julie and I, as we go. And uh, we plan to hold a session for our Institute, but we also look forward to many evangelistic opportunities. Just pray for God to bless us. We, we need his hand, we need his blessing, that those who are blind might see, that they may see the glory of the cross of Christ in his work, that they might be drawn to him, that they may receive him. So pray for God's provision, pray for his protection, pray for his power. Let me give you another one to pray for, pray for his presence. And what I mean by that is for the believer to understand a special sense of God's presence with them. I was in Poltava, and every morning I'd wake up, sirens are going off. You'd wake up sometimes to the sirens going off very early in the evening, going to bed around 10, 11 o'clock, sirens again going off. I've heard bombs exploding in the distance. Uh, just people live in fear there. And as believers, we don't have to live in fear. We do have the, his promised presence with us, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. But that that presence would be very real to believers in Ukraine that they would just sense that the Lord is there with them, giving them boldness and power, using them as his instruments. And then one last thing, pray for peace. Pray for peace in Ukraine, uh, for the end of this war, for this very terrible things that are happening and taking place in the lives of, of people. Uh, pray for peace in Ukraine and for his glory to be known there. And we covet your prayers very deeply for Ukraine. We especially, Julie and I, covet your prayers as we will be laboring and working there here in the month of, uh, of April. And uh, let's do it. What purpose? Why do we do it? For the sake of the Lord Jesus and for the love of the Spirit, for his glory and by his love that compels us to go forth.